Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well... That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Friends, as we head into the evening of Yom Kippur, the holiest day of the year, please be upstanding for the entire episode. And let us listen to the very deepest stirrings of the hearts and souls of our friends in Brownsville as they stand before the judge in Morris's new, ritzy, and almost completed synagogue. I'm sorry I looked with haughty eyes. I'm sorry for impure thoughts. I'm sorry I sinned with what I said. Hashem, I'm so sorry that while I studied, my brother had to fight. I'm sorry I encouraged Lewis. Boy, am I sorry I encouraged Lewis. Although, I mean, what were you thinking when it came to him? Anyway, I'm sorry I started this stupid racket. Ah, uh, I'm sorry if my charisma and natural authority caused people to listen to me and helped to make a big depression with the stocks and all that. I'm just sorry I was born into this whole goddamn mess. It's time for me to quit it, no matter what the consequences. Charlotte deserves better. I'm sorry I didn't sell more good belts, such good belts. The congregation's thoughts were interrupted when Morris got up to speak. We read today the book of Jonah about a man cast out into the ocean, a man God told to go out and tell the people they were wrong. And he did not do it. Instead, he went out onto the vast sea, and God sent a storm. Just then, the doors at the back of the synagogue inched open. Then, they inched open a bit more. And a bit more. And then they went back a little more. Until everyone wondered. Who the hell is pushing at that door? Give him a hand if someone wants to come in. Mm. <gasps> it's Johnny. It was Johnny Flintsman of Flintsman Furs. I had a room where the company's not doing well. He had a wild look in his eyes. Wow. Baruch Hashem. Look, a man saved from what we thought was a certain death. Let this be an inspiration to us all. Johnny, 
There's a free seat here in the second row. No! I want to tell my story. I've spent the last months lost at sea, as if running from the wrath of a severely disappointed God. That's very interesting, Johnny, but we're just in the middle of the book of Jonah, so just... My harrowing journey took me to the depths of the ocean. Part of me was swallowed by a giant fish. Well, see, that's where this story differs, because... I want to talk! Okay. For days, days, I drifted. Caught a web of seaweed and things I could only hope were also seaweed. I was half conscious, I lost a lot of blood, and as you can see, my arm is now a stump where that shark bit it Okay, off. very nice. Maybe on Sukkot you can tell the rest. And I wanted nothing more than to expire. But you know what? God would not let me. No, instead, he washed me up on a distant shore, an island. I couldn't speak the language. I didn't even know my name. Was it Staten Island, Johnny? Yes, Harry, it was, as a matter of fact. But I didn't know that at the time. It was an Italian neighborhood that didn't speak English. Mamma mia! They put me in an Italian-speaking hospital. I was out cold for however long it's been. And you know what? For the first time in my life, I was happy. Truly happy. So was I, because neither of us had to listen to your voice. I'm not done talking over here. If uh, everyone could please just uh, bear in mind... The bigger picture. Yom Kippur comes but once a year. If we don't do this right, we'll all have to go back and start and fast again tomorrow. Watch it, Ridiculous. Johnny, are you okay? Dear Charlotte, please, remain in the ladies' section. Please, don't make such chaos in Rabbi Slikowski's shoes. I'm not done talking. I woke up. We can tell you woke up, Johnny. Harry, I'm telling you. Amnesiac. Because of all the Italian I'd overheard, I could speak it pretty good. I arranged a marriage to a nice girl. Oh. My memory was gone, but I remembered everything to do with fur. And I made a fortune there. Those Italian ladies, let me tell you something, they like their furs. But then, at the reception... God forbid, I hope it wasn't in a church. They made some drinks first. They poured an Italian delicacy, syrup with seltzer. And as I heard that telltale sound, that sound that the spitzer makes, it just... Just drove me crazy. Absolutely crazy. Did it sound like this? Like, pshh. Harry! What? I'm just trying to get a clear picture. And I remember. You, Dolowich. You and all of it. So I left the girl, I got on the ferry, and I walked across Brooklyn back here. You see how deep the pull is for a Jew to come to synagogue on Yom Kippur? Well, you're back. Mazel tov. What do you want? I would like my hand back. That's not going to happen. No, Irving, I know. Yeah, I think he knows, Irving. Here's what I want. I want to tell you something. I realized, Harry, how much I hated you. And that hatred brought me back. But the hatred only got me as far as Midwood. And then it was replaced by a feeling of happiness. That I knew who I was. And I was coming back home. Oh, that's very nice. But the story of Jonah ends with God growing a carob tree. So, nice try, but no cigar. I'd really like to focus on... I've got one thing to say. Repent. Finally. Talking sense. A storm is coming. A great, mighty reckoning. And if you continue in your wicked ways, you'll be swept. Out to sea and lose a hand. You'll wish, because it'll be worse. Far, far worse. So repent. Repent. Repent! Johnny, we were trying to, and then you interrupted us all. There. I said my piece. Well, 
actually, you took the words right out of my mouth. Now what are we going to do for the next four hours? Does anyone remember a certain hit song from a few months back? Charlotte couldn't help it. She was happy Johnny was alive. And she noticed all that time in the ocean swimming and getting a tan. Quite flattering. Combined with his moral rectitude, was it just the fasting getting to her or... Harry was troubled. Johnny had looked right at him when he said those words. What could he have meant? Did it mean anything? At the Dollowich apartment, after the fast... Sacramental wine and salt fish are the best things to break the fast on. Johnny's speech struck a chord. A hush had descended over Brownsville. People read the book of Jonah for the first time and naturally applied it to the events in their own lives. At Mrs. Kaplan's apartment... Says here, they threw the troublemaker overboard. They threw the troublemaker overboard. Mrs. Kaplan, if that's not a clear reference to throwing Harry Dolovich in the clink, I don't know what is. I told you before the fast, we've got a good case against him, criminal and civil. I don't trust the courts. Why should I try and get rid of him when he is idiot making expensive bed syrup and making me rich? But he is trouble. Look what he did to that flinchman boy, and to me, and to your husband. Mr. Ketz, you sound like Meshuggah. You think he is training some horse to crash into wagon? He's stupid. Happens. He's your horse. You should test it. Maybe I should sue you. Uh, as your lawyer, I wouldn't advise that. But this is more about public safety. If the Harry Dolovich will leave me alone from now on, we make peace. Meanwhile... At the Lefkowitzes. Mr. Lefkowitz, I just think the ring has run its course. Let's disband it before we get into any trouble. Trouble? What kind of trouble? You said all these other rings are left alone. I don't see Discipio going anywhere. Well, the thing is, in the case of Mr. Discipio's operation, for example, people are really, really scared of him. And he actually pays a lot of money every year for bribes. I'm not sure we have the resources to do this. We? We? You're saying I don't have what it takes. He didn't. It's just that I found it very hard to sit there over Yom Kippur and not think this could all be a mistake. Let's try and think of a better way to... Sure, you're having second thoughts because Johnny waggled his non-existent finger at you. I just want out. Good. We can run this ring by ourselves. That's terrific. Thank you for understanding, Mr. Lefkowitz. All right, so long. I'll see you. But you brought this Kaplan trouble on us. Take care of it. So she doesn't bother us anymore. Actually, it seems like she's trying to let bygones be bygones. Katz is nudging her, but he's not very convincing. I mean the cheap syrup. She can join the ring. She can stop making syrup. But she can't undercut us, okay? A what? Like the book of Jonah says, throw the troublemaker overboard. Yeah, I'm pretty sure the book says to repent and do the right thing. Then do it! The right thing. She's not going to stop and get a bit of Kaplan. And tell me when you're done, um... Are you going to threaten your daughter's husband? We'll see about that. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Harry thought, what would do the trick? What could gently discourage Mrs. Kaplan from making syrup? Well, 
What would any food manufacturer in Brownsville be afraid of? This is Tom Donnelly, New York City Department of Health, Brooklyn Beverage Condiment and Salty Snack Division. Yeah, I feel really sick after I drank some Yankee syrup. Oh, I feel so lousy. You sure it was Yankee? We've gotten a lot of calls about the United Syrup Company. No, 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 it was definitely Yankee. That's Y-A-N-K-E-E, Yankee. I, I, I drink United all the time, and it's fine. Really, someone called about United? What's their name? What's your name? Oh, I have to go. I, I, I gotta go to the bathroom. Thank you. At the hospital. I don't know, boss. It's a tricky thing, calling a health inspector without insurance. And by insurance, you mean... Distribution of rat bits, miscellaneous hairs. Once you could get away with one big rat or a pigeon head, but now... That just won't cut the mustard. But, Lewis, that's the kind of thing you do, and you're stuck here for weeks. I can't do it. Well, could you bribe the guy? Donnelly, we're running pretty low on cash. Too low a bribe, you insult the guy, that's not going to work. Hey, those poor little street urchins from the Sam Dolowich Foundation could do the dirty work. I don't know. It seems like the exact opposite of the whole reason we opened that club. Does your mother still work for Kaplan? Maybe she could... Not a chance. Compared to her old job, she really likes this one. Can I give you some advice, son? Please don't. I'm not your son. Sure. You've still got your whole life ahead of you. Take Charlotte and go? What about Lefkowitz? So long as Louis Zabelski's your daddy, and there's still those bombs I planted all around Brownsville, you're safe. At Harry's apartment. Just leave? Yeah. We'll explain later. I've already been to California. Well, let's go to London, or Paris, or Palestine. I don't care where. Have you ever considered the problem is this place? Let's just go somewhere. What about my father? I've made him money. I'll leave a premium and we'll just go. If, if he wants to hurt a widow, then he can do it on his own. I, I didn't spend three years in law school for this. And if he wants to come after me and hurt me, let him try to do it in a place where the police care about that kind of thing. Not so easy. Can I say some goodbyes? Of course. We're not flying by night. We're moving up. <sighs> There's one thing I really need to do myself. Mrs. Kaplan? Ah, coincidence. Health men come and now you. What surprise? Well, I'm here to ask for your forgiveness for all this Michigas, because I actually listened to what Mara said this year, and I know what it's like to have a dream. So if you can make a go of it here, as they say, gazinta hate. Just then, Harry looked into the adjoining room and saw packed bags. He felt a twinge of guilt. I, I hope that's not... I, I hope you didn't... Is that my doing? <laughs> no, Peshach, no. Yulia, who is playing violin, is getting scholarship to Big Goyesha Music School, far away in Boston. After health inspector is coming, he listens, he cries, calls his brother, who just so it happens is dean in Big Goyesha Music School. She plays for him, and good Shabbos, good Yontif is a done business. Wow, so you're leaving? Yes. Brownsville is all for you. Hmm. It looked like everything was going to be okay. Harry left Mrs. Kaplan's with a feeling he'd never felt before. Relief. Harry thought perhaps he should talk it all over with Morris, because if Mrs. Kaplan just left, he could salvage his reputation in Brownsville. Maybe this is where he belonged. But Morris was not in his usual place. Morris and Alice were heading into the city to talk to her still irate parents. Alice couldn't help but remain awed and inspired by the Yum Kipper service. While we're pure, Morris, we must, must cut ties from those who would continually sully his great name, like Harry. Harry's a good man. Really? Because God spared Johnny to tell us, we must cast Harry out. 
Now, as a fellow, I have affection for him, but... No, Shayna Malkabasya. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. By the way, there's a lot worse things people have done in our congregation than Harry. I don't want to know. I won't say, but all Harry did was make a ring with a group of syrup guys and, and what, raise the price of an egg cream by a whole cent? Oh, ach und weh. Of course, you shouldn't steal, but... He didn't just steal. He threatened that woman. And Louis, his accomplice, made life a living hell for everyone around. That's just what Louis does. It wasn't a strategy. Harry brought you to Brownsville, Shana Malkabasha, and it's forbidden to hold a grudge. And like I said, Harry is just a racketeer. There are many, many, many worse people in Brownsville. They're just harder to prosecute. Deep down, Harry is a good man. He does a lot of good works. You shouldn't do good works with ill-gotten gains. Let's not fight, Shana Malkabasya. One, you should never speak slander about someone else, especially a good friend like Harry Dolowich. And also, bear in mind, maybe it was all for the best. After all, even when Harry tried to menace Mrs. Kaplan by sending that health inspector to harass her, it all worked out. The kid got a scholarship, see? No matter what our actions, at the end of the day, you have to believe someone is in charge. Alice... Uh, Shana Markabazia was fascinated by Morris's argument. So was someone else who had been standing a few feet away, his face obscured by other commuters. Until that is... This is our stop. Oh, I'm so sorry, sir. Did I, did I tread on your foot? That's okay, Rabbi Slikowski. I can't feel a thing in that foot. <laughs> Do I know you? Sergeant Eugene Patterson. We spoke together at commencement those months back at Brooklyn Law School. Oh, uh, yes. You didn't, um, hear that hypothetical thing I was just speaking about entirely hypothetically. I like to make up callers for my radio show. We do, uh, funny, out-there, ethical conundrums. Hmm. Morris, quick before the doors close. In a sense, they already had. Sergeant Eugene Patterson had been riding the train, musing on ways to improve the city's justice system. One idea is, instead of the electric chair, the electric couch. You get a whole gang and you zap them together. It sends a message. Also, the problem is people are so hard to prosecute. Harry would be low-hanging fruit. It would be doubly wrong to try and prosecute him. He doesn't have the city in his pocket. He couldn't even bribe a lowly health inspector, though goodness knows he tried. And that dead wagon he tried to use against the widow was just pitiful. When Morris and Alice's argument had snapped him out of his reverie... Harry, I'm so sorry. When I was talking about you on the train, I didn't know that Sergeant Eugene Patterson was standing right there. What? Those trains are very loud. I doubt he heard what I was saying. And when I realized others could be listening, at that point... I switched to Yiddish. Yeah, yeah, Harry Dolovich is not a shtickle gangster. And, uh, I don't know the Yiddish for price fixing. So you really have nothing to worry about? Actually, Harry had quite a bit to worry about. When the cops searched his office, they found everything they needed. Alice had done a fantastic job of taking notes. And Irv, unaccountably, had decoded them all and made them easy to read. Why would you do that, Irv? I wanted to help. It seemed like fun to be in a ring. You didn't think to put your notes about your activities in neat binders? I was going to after. 
You never appreciate anything. That's your problem, Harry. You had everything you needed, but you just wanted more. All this trouble started when your wine killed Sam. Harry, that is uncalled for and irrelevant. Mr. Katz also had meticulous notes he was eager to share with the prosecution. Do you have all that with the horse and the other horse and the Russian woman and the peddler on the ground and the syrup bottles everywhere and breaking and sticky and ice falling? Yep. We got it. As the hearings approached, Harry made sure to keep his chin up and remind his former associates why it was in everyone's interest to stand together. It was all his idea. <clears throat> we haven't started the hearings yet. Oh. This committee is called to order. Harry Dolovich was responsible for the whole mesh. Are you saying you had no part in the syrup ring? This is anonymous testimony, right? Yes. You bet. Oh, come on. I'm sorry, Harry. Charlotte's condition is very delicate. She can't have the shock of... The shock of what? Having a husband who's free? Harry, someone's got to pay for all this. You will, that's for sure. But should I? Yes. Should she? No, but why can't we just all show some unity, stick together? That was the whole point of the ring in the first place. That's how the Italians do it. Ah, you came to us with an idea. You begged me. Would Mr. Dolovich kindly stop hissing to that old walrusy man in the balcony? Sorry, Mr. Chairman. In Brownsville, the days were getting colder and shorter. Harry's friends were getting fewer. Out on bail, Harry took a reflective stroll around the neighborhood. He saw it now through different eyes. He could have sworn the peddler's come-ons were different. Pickles, get your pickles. The sour taste of freedom. Talatium, quality talatium. Religious articles reminds you of the deeper, more important things in life. Dirty pictures. What? Dirty pictures. You'll want some where you're going. <sighs> Harry knew. There was no way to talk his way out of a sentence. He just had a few things to get in order. Johnny. Harry. I'm glad you're here. Fact is, I'm going away, and Charlotte needs someone to look after her, so she says she'll wait, and of course she finds you repulsive. But you just can't help yourself. I'm asking for your help, Johnny. Would you would you help look after her? Would you would you pay for some of her bills? Oh boy. I'll do more than that. <sighs> okay. Ma, please, I don't really want the last sound I hear before sentencing to be... Oh, look, here. You won't be alone. Uncle Alf, you came back to comfort me in my moment of need. Has anyone seen my hat? I was in Maine, about to get started, when I realized, where is my hat? It was brown and... Alf! What? Don't tell me you sold it. Do you know what is happening? Sure. I ran into Irving on the street and he filled me in. He said he told you not to do it, Harry. I'm going to kill him. Don't do it, Harry. I know you've got a screw loose and a lot of guilt on your conscience, Irv tells me. But that would be a terrible crime. It was an open and shut case. Sergeant Patterson made mincemeat of Harry. But, but, I, but, I, but, what? I, I, <laughs> we have all your ledgers. We have the testimonies of Mrs. Kaplan, Mr. Katz, the members of your syrup ring who turned on you for nothing, by the way. What could you possibly have to say for yourself? I, I tried. Three years in Welfare Island. In the three years Harry was away, Morris and Shana Makabasia were married in a beautiful ceremony and had the first three of their many children. Irving moved to a different winery, Mr. Roth's, when Mr. Klopkin just couldn't stand the sight of him anymore. <laughs> Don't worry. There's no point trademarking the phrase grapes of Roth. 
Who else would use that? Louis Sabelsky moved into showbiz and became the explosives expert on the cackler until it ended. The entire cast and crew perishing under questionable circumstances. Who's cackling now, cuckface? <laughs> Hot delicatessen! While Lewis never thought to try and bust Harry out of prison mystified everyone, Harry included. Rebecca Kaplan stopped making syrups as soon as she could, as demand died down. She just did something else. After all, any idiot could mix together cocoa, sugar, and water. Her daughter kept playing the violin. And three years later, Harry got out. When he went back to Brownsville, it was evening on a winter's day. He left a note for his mother at what had been Morris's synagogue, which was now empty. He caught sight of Charlotte on the street. She'd gained weight and had a little Flintspin child with her. When she looked up, she pretended not to see him. He stopped at Lemke's. Hey, mister, will you give me an egg cream? That will be four cents. Four cents? That's a steal. Wow. You're the first adult to order one of those since Prohibition ended. Harry didn't reply. He walked to a train and got on it to take him away from Brownsville. Away from all of it. One day he told himself he'd be the king not just of one small product, but of something big, something real. And no one in Brownsville would ever hear from him again. And that's the story of Harry Dalowich, my father, as I heard it. Anyway, from my mother, Charlotte Flintsman. Perhaps there were some minor embellishments. I did look for him when I was old enough, but I never found him. He's probably long gone, along with the Brownsville I used to know and all the people in this story. But like Harry used to say, when you're searching for that something, you gotta keep going. So I guess I'll just keep searching for him, even if it's just a couple of tall tales about what happened to him after. Maybe he did make it out to California. And maybe I'll find a trace of him there. But that'll be another story for another time. What's up, everyone? It's Noah Daniels. Hey, y'all. I'm JJ. Hey, guys. It's Kat. And we're your hosts of the Real Hauntings Podcast. We bring on guests who share their firsthand encounter ghost stories and supernatural experiences. Now on to the trailer. I've been warned to not tell this story, but I think because of the way it ends, it's okay to tell this story. Because some people say that with certain entities, to like speak of them or talk about them or in any way like portray them as powerful will attract them to other people. The creepiest thing about it to me is a lot of times it would wait for me to notice it. Like it would just lay its arm out like this and then I'd be like, where is it? Where is it? And then I'd see it and then it would just slither back. For more information on the Real Hauntings, Real Ghost Stories podcast, make sure you check out real.fm to learn more about our podcast and many other amazing podcasts.